I had a moment, I was in bed the other morning and I'd kind of just turned over and I'd just kicked one leg up in the air and I was just like, oh, I love my leg. Yes. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here and stroke my leg for a bit. <laughs> and then I was like, I've got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'm late, I'm just loving myself right now. You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out how to do life, but it turns out nobody knows. Hello, 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 hello. It is Smash Little Monroe time. I was the judge on Scotty's Hamburger Queen event, a fat event here in London, a while ago, and um. All of the people entering were incredible, just fat people being hard and talented and amazing. And then Smashlin went on and I, I think I'm of the, I think, I think that I think that I only like stand up and comedy. And then I have this preconceived notion that I don't get anything else. I don't understand theater. I don't understand, you know, high concept stuff. I don't understand burlesque. I don't understand this and that. So I had this idea that what Smashin was going to do would just be like, you know, it'll be good. But in my head, I was like, I probably won't get it. And I started crying. It was so beautiful. I totally got it. It was amazing. And I couldn't speak. I was the head judge and I was meant to say something about why we had crowned her the winner of the entire competition and I just couldn't because I would have just burst into tears and I wouldn't even have been able to explain it. And for someone who prides themselves on like <laughs> being good with words and my own psychology and stuff, it's very embarrassing to not be able to explain why this was so emotional for me. So Smashlin just hit me straight in the body and it was amazing. And I've been so excited to speak to her. So I'm going to let you enjoy her in just a bit. I'm on tour of the UK. Uh, go and check out if there are tickets and cities near you where I will be. My book is coming out soon. It's called Happy Fat. It is about why it's okay to be fat. It's about more than that, but that's like the gist of it. It's already gotten some pretty sweet reviews. So I'm very excited. Very excited. Very nervous. I hope, hope, hope that you all like it. So it does matter to pre-order. So if you can pre-order, uh, please do. If not, it's out on May 2nd and you can also buy it then or you can just never buy it and that's also fine. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. What else is there? Secret Dinosaur Cult, my new comedy podcast about trauma and daddy issues and dinosaurs. And oh, I'm going to be in Edinburgh with my new show, The Bum Swing. And I think, I mean, there's more, but let's keep it to a minimum. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, 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 I realize I might sound a bit, I don't know, disjointed. Is that a word? Probably not the right word. It's because I am recording a bunch of episodes in my bedroom. I'm in the middle of moving house, so I'm surrounded by boxes. And, and another guest is coming in 15 minutes, someone I'm a bit... I'm not nervous about I'm just someone I really look up to but I have now realized that when people come to your home they are sometimes early which is different isn't it than when you meet someone at a cafe because then you can just 
you know, you won't see them until you're ready. Now, 15 minutes before they're meant to come, I'm like, they might come now, and then I don't know how to... Ah. So, that's why I sound like I'm rushing a bit, which I probably shouldn't do. But this next guest is coming soon. I have two more recordings of the day. I'm catching up on all of the episodes that I missed out on because of stress and because I lost four episodes. I'll not stop talking about the four episodes that I lost because that hurt deep, 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 deep in my soul. So you will enjoy, uh, you'll enjoy Smash and Monroe. That's just incredible. I just had the best talk. So why don't you do that? And then I'll think about what to say in the outro. <laughs> Please enjoy the amazing Smashed in Monroe. I saw you, was it December, at Hamburger Queen? Yes. Scotty's um, fat beauty pageant uh, talent competition yeah. slash yeah. <laughs> fat amazing thing yes and you made me cry because she was so amazing and then you won the whole thing and I was meant to say something because I was the head judge and I was like yeah I just passed on the microphone because I was like I'm gonna be crying if I have to oh say anything <laughs> but that's also the extent to what I know about you so do you want to just quickly tell people who you are sure um I'm Smash Monroe uh I'm a queer burlesque drag sideshow performery yummy goodness all kinds of things um yeah I've kind of only been performing like at this level about four years so before I was like used to sing and dance and audition for little things and and then I just got to a point where I was like no I'm not happy with that so I just started deciding to learn something new so I started with sideshow and I was like I love weird wonderful things and yeah, it just started from there, and now I have titles, I have crowns, international award-winning. You know, <laughs> if I had hair, I would swish it right now. <laughs> so what's the definition of sideshow? Um, sideshow is very much like um, a style of performance from, like, the old vaudevillian times. So um, it has its history in, like, Victorian era in the UK, but in America it was, like, the travelling carnivals, where you would have, like, freak shows, sideshow, like, you'd have, like, the main circus, but then you would have, like, things that people would be shocked by and horrified, like conjoined twins, uh, bearded ladies, um, things that nowadays are not so much, but in their time, shock, horror. And I have to say I'm a bit of a shock queen as well, so I was like, yeah, OK, this sounds like fun, fuck it, I'm going to give it a go. Um, and I was like, okay, well, where do I start? Like, I know I can take my clothes off, win. Um, but where do I start? So I was on YouTube. <laughs> Please don't do this. I literally, <laughs> I, I have to do a warning. Like, I learned my first trick from YouTube. Self-taught at home, bottle of vodka. <laughs> it was human blockhead, where it's, you hammer a, quite a large nail. No into your nose no yes <laughs> you learned that from youtube yes which i shouldn't have done yeah that does sound like so <laughs> so since then every other skill i've i've learned from another performer i've i've done 
professional training, insurance and and everything because as much as I love to do it to shock, I have to be careful because it is still my body. Yeah. <laughs> a lot oh of people God. pull that face yeah, as well. I, I feel so <laughs> hacked by doing it because I'm like, oh, you must get that a lot. People are just going, oh, my God. But do you like that yeah, reaction? Do you want that reaction? Yeah, it's not a bad reaction. I mean, <laughs> even if people are like, oh, my God, that's not fucking normal. And I'm just like, all right, Brenda, that's your opinion. <laughs> I don't mind because it's getting me to places where if I hadn't have found this kind of niche area, I wouldn't have done half the things. No, I wouldn't have done any of the things that I'd have done now. So, Okay, so what what part of it is it that attracts you to it? Is it the, the, the action of doing it or is it the reaction you get? Or It's it's both because I think I'm, as, as a fat, tattooed, pierced, goddess um I do get a lot of looks and stares and and I will get a lot of people that are, are appreciative and be like oh my you look amazing or my favorite is oh you're so brave oh God, yeah. I'm like no love I'm just fat <laughs> you know thanks but and then I will get some negativity um you know when I normally I normally have like a full shaved head and I've just grown it back because I just I wanted to dye it and stuff and and literally, I would get proper like, what the fuck? Oh my god, fucking hell! And I'm just like, okay, that's your opinion. How did you become this? Like, how did you find? Were you like, when, was it from the moment you were like a teenager? You knew um, this was it? Or did you no. find yourself gradually? Or oh god, like me at 15 was a very, very confused, damaged, like. I don't know, I wouldn't even call myself human at that time in my life because I'd gone through so much up to that point because my mum died when I was 13. Mm. I ended up in foster care and then I lost my nan and my granddad in such quick succession. So, like, 15, at the time when you're supposed to be experimenting, finding out, I was like, I had no clue uh, because I was told that I couldn't be this, I couldn't do that. And also I was questioning my sexuality at the time. So, you know, thanks, life. (laughs) Um... No, and I kind of, I started a long process and I would say that I've kind of only really found myself like the last four or five years and I'm 38 in June so I kind of feel like I've missed out on some stuff but I'm definitely working on it all now. (laughs) I'm like, I'm 38 going on 18. (laughs) And I keep getting the, you're terrible and I'm like, I know, right? (laughs) I love it. Wow, that's that's so much. Okay, so at one point you said... That you were like, I can take my clothes off. That's yeah. fine. When did you, when did you find out you could do that? Um, well, I've always performed. Yeah. Like the one thing that I used to always do was sing, act. Like uh, I studied performing arts at college. Um, I did a degree and my MA all in theatre, performance art, English literature, and because the one thing that I had through all of that, was I had a really supportive foster family. After a bit of shit, I got a really wonderful foster mum and they helped me find funding to go to uni and everything. And and it's ridiculous. Like, even if my mum was still alive, I couldn't have afforded to go. So yeah. luckily enough, I found a bit of a voice to go, I don't just want to be over there and stuck and not doing anything. So I, I found education. I mean, it's not for everyone and I, I fucking struggled with it because... I'm quite intelligent, but I'm also I'm not logical. So for me to get from A to B is via P and Z. Mm. But I will get there. So that sounds like the mind of 
Oh, this is going to sound so wanky. Sounds like the mind of an artist. Yes. Right? Like, an, like a kind of more original, kind, not that there's a, a right or wrong way to be, but, you know, when you you see someone or you hear someone talk and you're like, I don't even know how your yeah. brain went. No. You're not even in the alphabet anymore. <laughs> no. I'm just so past the alphabet now, just in noises. <laughs> so, um, what about you? Was your dad around? Uh, no, I, I never knew my dad. Um it's a basically all all I know that when my mum met him he was already married and then she'd fallen pregnant with me so I was a bastard child. Bastard. I was like thanks mum you started me off on a no do you know what um couldn't have asked for a better mum. And yeah. I know everyone is going to say this but there was four of us kids and my mum and she worked five nights a week looking after people in a home and then she'd be back by the time we were up then go to school and and like I don't know how she did it, but... Yeah. Yeah. And my dad, I just... She said, when when you get older, I'll explain. Um, because I, I kind of... If you don't know it, you don't miss it. Yeah. And I think there was only a couple of times in my childhood that I was really like, why why don't I have a dad? Why? And, oh, Lord, love her. Um, she did actually tell me that I had a dad, um, but she told me it was Freddie Mercury. Um. <laughs> My mum was a massive queen fan. Like, I listen to this story now and I'm going, there's literally, it's, you couldn't write this shit. Um, but because I was asking so much and she's like, well, you know, you know, I love Freddie Mercury, you know, I love Queen. And, and she really did like full on uh, boy band kind of crush. And she's like, well, well, he's your dad. And because he's on tour all the time, he, he can't see you. But knows that he know that he loves you and he knows that you're doing really well and oh. so she kind of gave me what I needed to hear at that time. Yeah. And then as I got a little bit older, and and, and things just kind of started, and I was like, "Hmm, <laughs> Mum, I I think my dad's gay." <laughs> and then, then she kind of went, "I think we need to have a talk, Smash." And so she sat down and kind of explained. It was after a, a couple of years. And I was just, I was fine with it because, again, the way I look at it, it was it was like a Santa Claus. Like, I didn't yeah. need him there just knowing that he was there. It was like, but it was how my mum dealt with that. And I don't begrudge her or anything. I'm actually, I love that story when I can tell people going, wait, well, my dad. <laughs> oh, my God, my dad. <laughs> They've made a whole movie about my dad now. I know, right? <laughs> I'm just like, they're sad they didn't include me, but, you know, that's the next one. <laughs> I, I think about that sometimes about my dad. That if, it, if it had been better if he'd just left immediately and then stayed away forever so I could at least build some kind of story around him yeah. and not this whole coming back once a year being a massive disappointment, <laughs> you know, kind of giving half. So you're, like, constantly aware that there is something there, but it's not for you. Kind yeah. Of thing. So I kind of like you can't have that. that relationship. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason you don't tell children about, you know, the horrible things in the world. And you just go, oh, things are lovely and there's a Santa Claus. And, you know, maybe yeah. that's just what the kids need to hear. Freddie Mercury's your dad. <laughs> Wait, so your real name is Smashlin? Yes. It's, it's, I mean, that's it's, amazing. I thought it was like an, what's it called? Like a stage, a stage name. name. No, um, well, basically, it's it's a shortened version of a very long old family name. Oh wow! Because um, um, on my grandma's side, uh, we have some Polish heritage, and so I think I was the youngest of four, and like my mum had some like really nice traditional names, and then I think she just kind of looked at me and just went, <laughs> mm. 
I know something about you. And my Nana always said that I reminded her of my mum so much. So, like, when my mum passed away and I was, like, 13, my nan was, like, she couldn't look at me because oh. I was a spitting image. So I didn't understand at the time. I just thought, oh, I've done something wrong. And then as I got a little bit older and she showed me a picture of my mum and I, I was like, oh, oh, my God. It was, like, freaky looking in a mirror. Wow. So it's kind of nice to have a little bit of that history that I am my mother's daughter, definitely. Yeah. So when does the, when did the piercings and the tattoos and the hair start, the outfits? <laughs> uh, I mean, for anyone listening who haven't seen you, you should go and find you on Instagram and just... Yes. I mean, you have, you have an amazing look. It, it started off... I, I had my first tattoo when I was 15, actually, because I'd started going out and drinking. I was like, well, if my life's a mess, I'm going to be a mess. <laughs> um, and I actually found, like, a really nice circle of, of people... Um, a, a rock club where I grew up and just like literally became like a mini community that I, I hadn't had before and I was so like what the fuck is this this is amazing and I met a tattooist and he was really cute and we flirted and he's like come to the shop blah 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 obviously he didn't realize how young I was mm. but you know I apologize now but he helped create this because I just I'd started getting one or two and I felt rebellious and then it just got to a point where I stopped like for quite a few years. And then I was just like, oh my God, like I I missed having tattoos. And I'd got the, the piercings because the way I thought is like the piercings for the right job, they can always come out. And since then, <laughs> seriously, check me out on Instagram because I've not stopped. <laughs> um, and I don't see me stopping. No? No. Does it, is it part of the sideshow thing? No, Is no. Is there this any was, correlation between them? Um, well, I, I think so because, again, as part of the traditional sideshow freak show, there would be like the heavily tattooed man or painted lady. Um, but it actually just started off as, I think, trying to find an identity because I was just the way I looked at myself then. I, I was just the chubby, funny girl trying to be popular, and I kind of, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have enough oomph to my existence and so I started off with a couple of piercings and then I'd dye my hair and then I was a goth and then I was an emo then I was a hippie then literally I don't know I've tried everything and and then I was just like oh this is so much fun and I love just having that versatility where people would be like we don't know what you're going to do next and so I was like oh well I quite like that because you you can't tell where I'm going to head next. I'm like, I don't have a clue, so this is great. And just kind of started to run with that with a lot of things in my life as well. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like. Well, I I did my education. That was really important to me because I'm the youngest of four, but I don't speak to my birth family. And, and I didn't just want to be who they said I was because that hurt because... You don't tell a child that you'll never be anything. You don't tell a child that um, that they're sad that you're part of their family, that they hate you. And, and it just took so much out of me. Yeah. But then it also, it made me angry. And I got aggressive and counselling and all that. But it, then it also, it lit a fire under my ass. And I look back now and I'm like, Do you know what, thank you. Because you taught me something that, would have taken me a lot longer and I'm glad I learned it there and then because it's made me who I am. And I guess it 
ex accentuates how strong as strong as can sound like a condescending word but you know stuff like that can either completely break you or it can break you and then build you the fuck yes. up yeah and you seem to have really yeah i mean it's it, it's broken me down a few times and every time i've thought i can't do this again i i'm not strong enough i don't have people around me and and then it would just be it could just be something simple and it just kind of whoa mm. like a sledgehammer to the chest to go do you know what you're really lucky because you have a lot more than you realize and i think that's so important to have the minute i start getting complacent about my life is the minute that there's something i need to change because I don't ever want to rest on my laurels. I don't ever want to just be, oh, it's all good, I've got this, I'm doing this, I don't need anything else. No, because that's not living life. Really not. How? What's your relationship with... I take this as kind of assuming that you've probably had to become more adult quicker than most people. Do you ever... And I'm completely projecting here. <laughs> do you ever have that like overwhelming feeling of... Oh, it's been hard. Do you know when you just sometimes you because you sometimes you forget because yeah. you're just powering through, powering through, yes. being so strong, being so good at everything, and da, da. and then sometimes you go, oh, oh, it's been <laughs> it's actually been quite hard. You're like, oh, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and I think that's the thing is that my own personal negativity is that I found when I have that moment, I still struggle with it now. I feel like that that makes me weak, mm. and I know it doesn't like there's a massive chunk of my brain that's just stupid and and I know that it's not bad to have these moments that everyone does but it's how you deal with it and for a long time I wouldn't and I couldn't because or the only two things I could process was uh, pure sorrow or pure joy and that emotional roller coaster and I'm still on it but I'm now acknowledging <laughs> all the different levels in between so, yeah, like I say, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm I'm strangely glad. But then sometimes I'm like, oh, do you know what? I'd just love a fucking day where I don't have to sit there and be a miserable bitch. I know I'm allowed to, but I'd like to go, oh, do you know what? I'm all right. And not like, oh, I'm so stressed. Like, I've got this and I've got that. Oh, fuck's sake. Seriously. You've been dealt... Well, we've we've been dealt the cards. We've been dealt and you I think it's okay to somehow sometimes just just think oh yeah you know okay but I've been I'm just the person I am these things have happened oh what I wouldn't give you know just for sometimes to be to have that more simple you know yeah I tried to I dated a guy who had that he was just like Oh, but, you know, my mom and dad are still together. They love each other and we all get together and have nice family. You know, everything was just a you know, nine-to-five job that he loved. And oh, I was, and I just I couldn't, I couldn't. I was like, no, you, I don't think you know what broken is. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I couldn't have it. I couldn't really relate to it. It felt like, it felt like I was, oh, what, what fairy tale is that? <clears throat> The little girl with the matchsticks, do you know that? Oh, the little matchstick girl. Oh, is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when she looks through the window and she's looking at that perfect family. Yeah. And you're like, I can't, you know, I'm not inside the house <laughs> with you and your I'm family. Like, I'm out in the shed, love, you know. <laughs> I'm in the shed by the bins. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I'm 
I'm broken at times, I'm, that I'm damaged. But it's not to the point that I can't survive it. And I don't know if there are many things that life can throw at me. But the way I look at it, I think I've done pretty well at still standing. Mm. And I think that's important to acknowledge. And this is where I sometimes then start to feel imposter syndrome, like, really mm. bad. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Well done, Smash. It's a Thursday and you've not cried. And I'm like, yes, I can do this. And then Friday, oh, my God, why? And it's there. Oh, my God, you started thinking that you're doing okay and you're, that you're not a mess and that you haven't got this and that going on and a... And then it'll just be a little bit downward spiral. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I've got all that to sort out. Let's get on with it. And I'm like, seriously, sometimes, give us a break. Can I just be happy? Yeah, just just, just give me one day. Like, even if things are going to shit, I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to make a note of that and I'll look at it tomorrow. But no, not in my life. <laughs> my therapist, one of my therapists... I'm doing so well. Oh, my God. It's like, they're not Pokemon. Are you trying to catch them all? <laughs> Basically, it's really interesting. So there's, I have one therapist who deals with trauma that happened before I could talk. Because before you can talk, trauma, you can't, she says, you can't fix the trauma that happened before you can, could talk by talking. So she's like, it's all body and it's horrible. It is horrible. It's oh. like feel feel things and I'm like well I think so stop thinking I'm like well I think so stop talking I'm like mm, no 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 I don't like this and then the other one is talking so I'm much better with her but yeah. she said that um the the voice the voice that keeps going oh but everything could go wrong or you're not working hard enough or you're lying to yourself or all these yeah. really intrusive dark thoughts that you can get is that to imagine it as a tape recorder at the back of your head that's just playing on the loop. So it's not actually reacting to your reality. You know, so if it goes, yeah, but are you doing well? It's just on a that's cycle. That's just a recorded voice that said, it doesn't have anything to do with your actual life, but you can be like, no, I am, because it's, it's not a thing, it's just a tape recorder. I've, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, feel that. Yeah. But... <laughs> Let me know how that goes. I know, yeah, I'll let you, I'll give you an yeah. update. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm really trying, but it's so... Uh... Yeah. Because I think sometimes it's so easy to get stuck in your own head. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a very physical person as well. I'm very tactile. And, and people are like, oh, it's because you had a bad childhood. And I'm like, possibly, but it's also, I like the touch of skin. You know, not just sexually. I'm not blaming, I'm not saying I don't like it sexually, but, you know, I like just holding hands or just, like, one of my best friends, I will literally just be, like, all over her. And she's like, I'm so used to this now. Obviously, it's consensual, because otherwise that would be weird and creepy, and it's not like I do it on the bus. <laughs> not yet, anyway, it's not got to that point. <laughs> Maybe one night after a show, and I'm like, come here, hold me. <laughs> yeah, someone hold me. <laughs> um, And I think I can see where some of it, is obviously I didn't have as much of the childhood that maybe I could have had with the loss of my mum and then a lot of other drama with my grown-up siblings and then just being in care, which was fucking horrible at first. Uh, but then I was very lucky to have, like I said earlier, like an amazing foster mum who I'm still in contact with. So you had one before? Yeah, I was the in... The horrible thing was you had one first? I was in two kids homes for about a year and wow like again I don't know how I survived them 
and then I had a couple of short-term placements and it was just so disjointed and I think that was the worst thing Mm. because I didn't feel a I was in someone else's house and I know they were letting me live there but as much as they told me I didn't feel like I was part of the family because it wasn't my family Mm. and it wasn't until I kind of got older where it kind of hit me that I'm like oh so so you're not related to me but you can be my family Mm. where the where the word family actually means so much more than just blood and that was massive because like even my social worker at the time became a massive part of my life and was there at my uni graduations and so this was like she she wasn't even working with me anymore this was like my early 20s and she was just like she was just a part of my extended family so that's when I was very lucky as well because I realized that if other people could love me and accept me without that tie of blood, then maybe there is hope yet. And there we go. What comes with having... I don't just want to focus on your look. I know you must get a lot of questions. I'm trying to not ask all this. I'm the fine, really honestly. Questions. I love talking about myself, so go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I wonder what comes with it, because talking to you... Uh, you're so open and you're so warm and you're so nice, but you look really tough. You know, you look hardcore. You know, it's like black lipstick yeah. and tattoos in your face, and you look like you look really tough. Is there a? Do you get spoken to differently? Well, you don't know yeah. differently than what. Um, no, certain circumstances, yes. Like um, job interviews. Mm. Like I've done it where I had like the perfect phone interview, and I've got quite a good phone voice. And and then like, I would love to invite you into the office. And then I've just gone, yeah, this this is where we're going to see how it changes. And then I was just like, but if they don't want me because of the way I look, I, I don't want to work there. Yeah. Uh, my current muggle job, before I even got to the interview, I literally, I'd just gone, look, okay, what's your policy on tattoos and piercings? I went because I'm I'm heavily covered in both. And they were just like, oh, oh, not a problem at all. We're very diverse here. And I'm going, really? So I went in and had a great day. And they were, yeah, literally. Oh, so not had a problem being there a year. Well, I also feel, I mean, I don't know. Okay, because I've not had a real proper job. I need to stop saying that. But like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I call it my muggle job. Yeah, I've not had a, a muggle a job, muggle job. <laughs> since I've almost a decade now. But I remember getting, and I mean, I'm obviously, like my tattoos are tiny and you can't see them. But that was always my... Uh, every, what everyone said was like, oh, jobs, you can't get any jobs. But that was a decade. Like, surely now things are... Um, it's not as bad, yeah. but it's dependent upon the industry. Yeah, of course. Like, I, uh, so many people now have, like, full sleeves, even lots of f- females and, and, you know, but at work they can cover them. Mm. And that's the thing, is that they have, like, a part of them and they've had this work and it's beautiful... Well, hopefully it's beautiful, otherwise I'll have a word. Um, and I'm like, why would you want to cover that up? Why would you want to feel so suppressed by a job? Yeah. Like, I need my job because, yeah, that pays bills. That yeah. gives me this so I can create art and still manage to get by. But I've got to a point now where I'm I'm like, I'm I'm not willing to compromise anymore. Yeah. And again, it's been a long time coming. Like, I've worked a couple of what I would say corporate jobs. And for one of them, I literally was like, 
shirts up to here. I had the piercings in, but I didn't have any face tattoos. And I mainly had, like, my arms and my chest, but, again, could could be kind of covered. Yeah. And I'd got, like, black hair and a bit shaved, but they was like, you know, I was edgy. <laughs> in the office, I was edgy. Um, and then I was like, well, I am not really that edgy. I'm, I'm kind of more curvy and a bit chunky. Um, and, and I was just like, oh, that's, oh, I'm going to go do that. Oh, I want this piercing. So I just started getting them done. And then it just got to a place where I was like, okay, yeah, right, I'm going to get this done, got that done. And then I started off and then I was like, certain places I said I, I, said I would never get tattooed on my face, my hands and my neck. Well, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, I'm running out of room on my hands. Oh, oh, what else can I get on my face? Is it legal to get it? I mean, this is such a basic yeah. question. You must be asked a million times. Yeah, is no, it legal it's legal. Places, yeah. Yeah. You just have to be very careful of who you go to. Like yeah. a lot of places, say if, if yourself went in, because, yeah, you have one or two, but yours are so easily covered. If you yeah. went in asking for a face tattoo, any decent tattooist would be like, no. Uh, Whilst if I went in up. and they saw, like, with my neck, my yeah. chest and everything, and I said, I want a face tattoo, they'd, you know, they'd kind of want to talk and everything. But I went to an artist that I knew really well. Yeah. And they were like, are you sure? And I was like... Yeah, because I started off with some, like, just round the outside, ones that I was like, well, you know, if I grow my hair, you won't see them. And then I was like, ooh, ooh, I like the one over the eyebrow that I've seen people getting. And I'm going, oh, but that's so, like, everyone's doing it. I'm like, I don't care. So then I just started getting all that. I'm like, oh, my God, it's not going to stop. I'm like, I want here doing here. Amazing. It's all just... It looks amazing. And I it's... love all, each and every one of them, though. They, yeah. they all have different reasons yeah yeah i mean brazen i've got my bro above my eyebrow is because someone called me at once and i was just like brazen and i have to say you know i did study but i'm like brazen not heard that in a long time was it and i was like and it said um bold unashamed confident unabashed loud and i was just like check yes <laughs> ever there was a word brazen so got amazing. it on my face forever amazing <laughs> you said you didn't care is that a general thing do you care sometimes but not as much as I used to because for me the biggest thing was me being able to look in the mirror and see my face see my body and like for a long time I couldn't be naked in front of a mirror I couldn't be naked in front of a partner mm. and for someone that enjoys the sensation of skin and body, to kind of hate that, hate the meat suit and just be like, oh, you know, to the point it made me feel physically ill. And I was like, God, that was early 20s and so I was in a very dangerous relationship and it was just, you know, so bad to kind of like look in the mirror and then where I'd started to get out of my shell and be myself and then this broke me down and then... Again, when I came back, I came back with a vengeance because I was like, that will never happen again. And now I'm just like, I I love the way I look. I love all my three bellies and my bingo wings that I've got tattooed, so they're pretty. You know, I love getting my arms out. I love getting my legs out. The only place I haven't got tattooed is my bum. Oh, yeah? Got nothing on my bum. On purpose or is that to come? 
that's t- possibly to come because yeah. I'm, I'm just like, but what? What would I get on my bum? <laughs> so that, that maybe that's the next project. I Start think that, that was one of my, one not my first, but I had my um, arm thingy tattooed, yeah. and that was because I remember being a teenager, just like covering up, like never ever showing arms or anything, and I was like, no, but this is, yeah. And from, it's, I keep thinking of what you said about when you were 15, you, you describe yourself as, you know, not really human. And I think part of my kind of flight from me and my body and my brain and just like my, which is like a self-defense mechanism because of trauma, um, for me, tattoos were, you know, when you... Uh, when you went to kindergarten and you had to like mark your toy with something so you knew it was yours, it's kind of like that. I'm like putting your I'm name so to suit. dissociated, yeah, from most of my body most of the time. We're working on getting better, but like, oh, mark, this is my, these are mine because no one yeah. else have, has these legs. Yes. so it felt like my legs. I had a weird kind of out of body experience a few six months ago or so was lying in bed and I sort of just looked at my legs and I had, I felt, this is so weird, I felt like, a, you know, you when you see a baby discovering their own legs and it's like, oh, and it's like grabbing its toes. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I have legs. I felt like that. I was like, my oh. legs. So for me, it was really this kind of, uh, I don't even know, there must, uh, there must be a word for it, but like an understanding of mine. Like the, the connection. Yeah, kind of putting my mark on yeah <laughs> like my mine pissing on it was my this is my territory yeah and and I think with my artwork because like 99% of it has such a personal connection to me and that's why I I love it because it does tell my story and I've got some that are just because they're purely beautiful and then I've got some uh, because they're relevant to times in my life or people or experiences. I even have a Hamburger Queen tattoo. Yay! Which my friend was like, that's crazy. I'm like, I am living for this tattoo. Yes. It's a massive hamburger with sexy fishnet legs and a crown. Yes. I'm living for that. Amazing. And then, like, I've got um, my old school microphone. <gasps> yes, that's so beautiful. That's My mum used to sing to me all, all the time. Yeah. used to always sing and I used to sing like so much and then I just I stopped about six seven years ago and I just I don't I just couldn't get it back until recently um I actually sang uh literally about two weeks ago for the first time in about well like properly for the first time in about three years so I was at Fat Cabaret in Brighton Oh, I saw posts from that. It looked amazing. Like, oh my god! Like, I love fat cabaret because it celebrates everything about being fat. Is it and always in Brighton? Yes, amazing. but fingers crossed. We're, um, we're, we're working on hopefully bringing it into London, maybe. If there's anything I can. Oh my god! Do. Please come. We oh, would love. Please. We would love yes. you to. The people that I work with are amazing fat performers. Um, so all my love to Rosie, Matilda, and Loris and those guys because, again, they're my family as well. And I was like, they were like, okay, we want you to do two acts. Like, what do you want to do? Because I love it because I know I can create something for it or I can do something I've done and, and pimp it and really, like, use it as a growth space, not just for me, but my my work. And I was like, oh, I want to sing. Because they were doing a night of spoken word and poetry. And I was like, oh, my God. 
I'd love to sing. And Rosie was like, you should definitely sing. And I was like, really? Shit? Okay, yeah. And I went, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I did. And and I lost my shit. Like, literally, I came off stage and I actually felt like I'd broken myself by doing it. But then I also felt like I'd needed to break to then rebuild. Wow. So, yeah, that was... Wow. What, what did you sing? Oh, my God, it's so cheesy. <laughs> um, but I'd done a spoken word piece about um, where I'd been, like, made eye contact with this guy in a bar and he was all flirty. Like, this one millisecond of a look and then within the next two seconds, him and his friends were then jeering and shouting and calling me names and like, oh, fucking hell, where to all the pies, Alice? And I was like, probably me. And <laughs> and so I, I sat there and I was like, okay, what sort of song do I love that really says a lot? And I did Beautiful by yes. Christina Aguilera, which I know, I know it's overdone, but I did not care. It's But it's not overdone by you. No, it's never been done by me. And that was the massive thing. Because there are other songs I know, and and but this one, it just had, it's always had something for me. And so, yeah, I sang, so that was pretty cool. What is it about the stage? What is it that you liked about the stage? Because I, it's, I feel like with that part is, we're so similar in that aspect, but what we actually do on stage is so different. Because yeah. I'm all talk. It's all talk, nobody. Just talk, 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 talk. Brain, brain, talk, talk. Well, you're body and like actions and actually doing something with yourself so what what's that like like what is that because well I I can talk that's never been a problem I can talk so much that I think I, I kind of at one point I started tripping over my words and not knowing how to converse and that it was just like verbal diarrhea sometimes and conversations would be like don't know where we're going with this and so I started to kind of see um how I could use my body how I was finally at a point where I could accept it and and the fact that I chose to identify using the word fat I chose to keep that word that people have thrown at me for fuck I've I've never been tiny I was always chubby or you know chunky or those nice cute little words that you tell a kid And then the minute you hit 13, you're fat, you're obese, you're disgusting. And I was like, no, 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 bitch, no, bitch. If you're going to call me that word, it's because I've owned it, because I'm using that word. I'm not giving you the power for that word. Call me other things, yeah, that because that's going to happen no matter what I do. But I'm like, this, mine. And, and it was so important to have that because... There's a lot of things that people say and do that they only upset me because I let them. And and I think that's massive. Like, I I spent so long giving away my energy and my power because I felt I didn't deserve it. And I would always be the person to help someone because I was like, if I can't deal with my own shit, I can help someone deal with theirs. And and I still do that, and, and I adore it, but... I now also give myself that power for me then to deal with it and also starting to let other people help me heal. And when you're a fucking lone wolf, letting someone into your pack is quite, it's quite difficult, but mm -hmm. 
I've been very lucky that there are people that are like, stop being a dickhead, because I'm not going anywhere. And like, uh, one of my best friends, Lisa, oh, she's amazing. Like, if ever there was anyone that was like, the kind of like, if you st- saw us together, people are like, because Lisa's beautiful, she's petite and everything, but then there's things that we both have in common where where we're women and, and there's things about our identity and the way we look that we don't like and and you know where you'd be like, oh, well, you're gorgeous, what have you got to worry about? And then, you know, sometimes it kind of hits home that you're going, well, do you know what, maybe other people have got issues with their body and, oh, okay, so it's not just me. Oh, okay. And and that the thing with my friendship with Lisa is that's that's kind of where it came from, where I'd obviously kind of looked at them and thought, fuck, I want to be like you. And then and then we'd have this conversation and they were like, I wish I had your confidence. I'm going, no, I wish I had yours. And they were like, oh, seriously, this is going to go on all night. And just to know that it doesn't matter what anyone looks like is that these insecurities, these issues, they're, they're going to be there. Hopefully some people haven't had to put up with the bollocks of other people giving it to them, but it's not a, a thing to be ashamed of. It's a... It's kind of wild how much, how much energy every single person spends fighting this thing that we've all been taught. You know, yeah. when you think about how much we could have done, how much we could have, how better we would have felt, how little we had to struggle if we just hadn't had this idea forced upon us that we need to look a certain way. Yeah, it's incredible. The, I mean, conversations that I mean. I'm one to talk. I wrote a book about it. Something. <laughs> Thank God, in a way. Hashtag drop that in. Hashtag <laughs> like pre-order, please. Um, <laughs> so I can't be like, oh, I wish it. No, no, I can. Of course, I can. Because you know, I, I think I trade in most things for not having spent what two decades hating my body. Like your body, like it's the one. It's you. Yeah. You know? And it's so. It's like I love little things about my body that that other people don't and I'm like well you don't need to like I need to be able to know my own truth and my honesty and yeah I mean like I do love when people say oh you're an inspiration or you're really confident and I'm going yeah thanks because I'm not all the time and and it's even now where I will celebrate my fat body I will still have days where I'm like, do you know what? Maybe if I just lost a little bit of weight and, and you know, I'm not unhealthy. This is the thing that does piss me off where people think because I'm fat, I'm unhealthy. I don't smoke. I drink, but not all the time. Um, I dance four or five nights a week. I go to classes and flexibility. So it's not like I don't do anything with my body. It's just, you know... I've eaten a lot of crap <laughs> and I'm dealing with it. It's it's not like, oh, I could never stop myself eating things that I enjoyed. Don't see the point. I, I think, yeah, I don't smoke. I rarely drink. Never really done drugs. I did one Coke once, one line. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not my life. Um, I, you know, I look uh, both ways when I cross the road. I don't do any... Big, uh, like, what do you call it? I don't bungee jump. I don't, you know, I don't drive, which apparently is really dangerous too, statistically, you know. And also psychologically, I'm seeing two therapists, you know, I'm psychologically You're working on this shit. getting a lot of help. Yeah. You know, I think probably psychologically more healthy than a lot of people I know. 
And then they yeah. eat shit food. You know, so how do you even want to define health? How do you want to define what is health and what isn't health? And, you know, how much... How oh, healthy is healthy enough? You, and yeah. how often do you have to be healthy? Do you know what I mean? It's, you can't define it. How no, does anyone define it? That the health? healthiest people will can die yeah. years before I would. Yeah. Because like maybe like you say, like crossing the road. Yeah. My grandmother's turning well, if she is, she's turning twenty no no ninety seven this year. She's oh. hadn't eaten nothing but butter and fat her entire life. She's not moved for like forty years. Ninety seven. Still you know? going strong. Like how do you Yeah. You know. You can't. There's, but also if you are unhealthy and I'm I think I'm probably unhealthy ish when it comes to food, I don't really think about it. But so what? Like get out of my health. I'm, get out I'm, of my body. Yeah. I'm like, if that's all you've got to pick at me for, yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah, and even if I did do all of the things. Who who I like yeah. I had someone in my DMs, some little troll, but he looked like a child. He's like, no fat is happy fat. And I just went, I go, I actually am. And I'm like, well, you haven't seen my joyous fat really then. really good, so, you know, have a good day, sir. Yeah. And then he was like, no, it's unhealthy. He did the whole unhealthy thing. And I thought, okay, I'll try and see. I'll try and just talk to him. I tried to explain the whole thing, all the facts, all the thing. And he again was just like, no, it's unhealthy. And he sent me this, like, bogus report. I was like, I know that's fake. But I was just like, why, wait a minute, why am I discussing my body and my lifestyle with some fucking probably American teenager who's just like f- found a tweet of mine somewhere? Why am I yeah. spending my time justifying my health to this kid? Yeah. Fuck off, fuck out of my body. Cock off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go away. Why am I... I don't need to be healthy. Is this Nazi Germany? I don't think so. I don't no. need to be healthy. Go away. And it's, again, it's like you say, it's someone else's definition of what's healthy. Yeah, and why does he care? He doesn't care. That's the whole main thing. They don't care. It's not that they care. The people who bring up health, they're not like, it's just because I've been so worried about it. Yeah, it's, it's not coming from a place of love now, is no, it? It's coming not. from a place of being an interfering twat. Yeah, if you're hating my fat body, yes. and that's what you hate. And my fat body hates you. <laughs> All of this hates you. All of this hates All you. All of this. And it actually feels really healthy. I know. I hate you. And the one thing, though, being fat is that I do love the texture of my skin on my belly. It's so yes. soft. Oh, the thighs. Yeah. I love the thighs. I love how my thighs look sitting down as it spreads out. I'm loving it. See, I, I had a moment. I was in bed the other morning and I'd kind of just turned over and I just kicked one leg up in the air and I was just like... I love my leg. Yes. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here and stroke my leg for a bit. And then I was like, I've got to go to work. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. I'm just loving myself right now. So I can't come into work today. My leg is really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to deal with that for a minute. <laughs> I might be about an hour late. <laughs> but do you think there's something in having had some kind of extreme, you know, if you've had depression or you've had trauma in your life or... I, there must be something in instead of feeling kind of okay your whole life you get to feel the worst of the worst of the worst which then I think kind of bounces you over to the opposite side of being like you know I don't know any you know conventionally attractive my thin friends would never be like oh my god my leg is so sexy even though they have the legs that society thinks are sexy yeah she my friend who's thin is more would would more criticize herself than me because I've had to fight so hard to learn how to like my body that I'm now I'm like I'm fucking the 
most hot person in the entire world. And yes, bitch. She is so fucking sexy. I'm like, yeah. And I never would have had that if I hadn't been yeah. taught to hate it more than anything else. And I think that's that is that's it. It's hate. Like it's such a strong emotion, and and it has driven myself included. It has driven me to very dark places, and and then it's also driven me back to gorgeous, joyous, wonderful moments in my life where I, I stop and I hold my breath because. I don't want it to end. I don't want the people in my life to disappear. I just, I kind of just want to hold it and have that moment and then exhale and carry on with it. And I think it's because I'd felt such an extremity that I know just how good it can feel. And I mean, not that I would wish like trauma or anything on anyone, but then I think it also, it's quite sad that if you don't feel the full range of emotions that you can do, I, I think with one, it always comes the other. Because for every person that will troll you or myself, or I get it with some of my Instagram pictures where I'm pretty much naked, and, and I'll just be like, OK, fine, that's your opinion. And then I will have God knows how many likes and people... Like, someone called me an inspiration the other day, and I was like, fuck off. <laughs> Again, oh, tears, love, but... Because I'm, I'm, I don't do good with that sort of compliment. Like, if someone was like, "You're gorge," I'm like, "Thanks, babe. I will take that." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, inspirational, whatever." There, because I don't think I don't see myself as inspirational. I see myself as lucky because I found my confidence. And I mean, I'm speaking to some girls that are like twenty, twenty something now, and they're just like, "There's nothing in them." And I'm like, I found this when I was, like, my late 30s, and I'm like, you should have this now. So what is so wrong with the fucking world that's making girls, guys, non-binary, gender-fluid people hate themselves so much? And I'm like, that's where we're going fucking wrong. That's where we need to start fucking changing. If someone wants to call me fat, go ahead, bitch, because I can call you any other name under the sun because I am a lot quicker than you quite quick for a fat girl especially if I'm running for the ice cream van <laughs> oh I want ice cream now <laughs> gonna get one later we'll get one later a <laughs> uh, question I always ask is this <clears throat> what question would you most want for me to ask you that could be based on you know maybe you had an, a, an idea on the way here that you thought we were going to talk about certain things maybe you already have and mm -hmm. maybe there's something you're just really obsessed about in the moment that you want to talk about or if you could oh. be asked any question oh god um i don't know if it's i think it's just a, a question in general but i think vocalizing it is kind of like where am i going to next mm. because i i do have some things in the pipeline But it's not like, I don't know, I've not nailed things down. I'm kind of like, oh, that'd be quite good to do, or I'd like to do that. And then I'm like, oh, but I don't know if, if I have the the ability to do that sort of thing or, or this or that. So I think maybe, yeah, where next? Are you thinking about work stuff? What are you going to do work-wise or art-wise? Are you also thinking journey-wise, emotional, life-wise? Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of everything, Like, I've got um, my dream trip coming up in June. I'm going to New York. And, like, 
don't because I, I will lose my shit just when I think about it. Um, You've uh, never been? No, no. I did uh, the Austin Drag Festival two years ago, which was amazing. My first time in America. And then I did a week in New Orleans and I fell in love. But New York, it's just always been New York, New York, New York, always. And I was due to go last year, but unfortunately, life situations, I had to move. And I was like, I can't afford to move and go. So it broke my fucking heart. And I was mm-hmm. like... Okay, no, no, I'm going to sort it out. And I managed to just move the money for my flight. And I was like, fucking awesome. So my birthday was in June. I'm like, summer in New York, do it, book it. And then I looked and June is uh, New York Pride Month. So I was like, well, that's just the fucking dog's bollocks. And then it's also the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots which, uh, again, for queer history and everything, the reason we have pride marches is because of this riot um, where uh, the Stonewall Inn is a, was a bar in New York, still is, uh, and it was raided by the police. Um, and they were, you know, it was a, it was a gay bar, it was still illegal, um, and they were dragging people out, not just gay men, but gay women, um, my trans brothers and sisters, um, they were beating them, and it was, it was fucking horrific. And so it's actually 50 years in June, um, on the 30th of June, and I'm there for the anniversary. And, like, as someone who didn't always know I was queer, like, I thought I, I thought I was straight, I thought I was gay, I thought I was bisexual, <laughs> pansexual, all the sexual. So that's it now. I literally, like, I'm just sexual. And whoever it's with, fuck yeah. And it's just so important. And I feel such an affiliation with the word queer because also it stems back to growing up where they were like, oh, they're a bit queer. And they would mean because someone's a bit weird. And I was like, fuck. Oh, I'll get it now. I'm having that word. Thank you very much. It's like fat, isn't it? Yes. You know what? Yeah, I am. It's like, I'm going to have these labels for me. Not you. Me. And so... New York is happening. I'm going to catch up with people that I know that have moved there, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do all the tourist shit, all of it. I'm going to go to Statue of Liberty. I'm going to go like Times Square. What about what's it called? The um, Coney the, Island. Yeah, that's yes. a sideshowy. Yes, thing, isn't yes, it? yes. That is literally like returning back to the mothership. Like I'm yes. so excited to go there because um, that again is what I would say is one of one of the, the fundamental places of sideshow, freak show yeah. in the US. There are still touring companies, um, but this is infamous. Yeah, so, even I knew that, and yeah. I know nothing about that. <laughs> well, you obviously know more than you realised. And, oh, I'm just, I'm so excited, but I'm also so nervous, because I'm going on my own. And I've, I've not always travelled on my own, like, if I travelled anyway it was when I was in a relationship so again taking that back and being like yes I'm I'm a queer femme tattooed sexy bitch travelling on my own you know it is possible we can do it God. we're allowed <laughs> so so yeah that's that's happening amazing yeah. oh my god this has been so great I'm going to ask you the last question now yeah okay which I always ask <clears throat> so you're in the delivery room right and you have just been born and you now you're holding 
tiny, tiny Smash Monroe in your arms. And she is crying because there's lights and sounds everywhere. And there was not that in the womb. And it's very, very scary. And she's like, what the fuck? Is this life? Is this what life's going to be? <laughs> this is it? Fuck that. Fuck off. <laughs> so you can say something to her about the next 37, 38 years of her life. Yeah. And you can't change anything. You can't give her advice that doesn't work. You can just, you know exactly what's going to happen up until this point in your life. And you can say something, you can say anything to her, maybe to make her less scared. Or if you think she should be scared, you can say that. You can say anything you want to teeny tiny uh, baby you. What would you say? Wow, that's profound. Um, I think it'd have to be with every piece of sadness or trauma or hate or words that people throw at you there is 10,000 more positive loving adoring words that the people that truly want to be around you will tell you and they're the ones you want to listen to so yeah feel it but don't keep hold of it because that's the thing holding on to all that negativity is what for a long time stopped me feeling a lot of what I've finally found now just simple joy in, in something like loving my leg. <laughs> um, you know, looking in the mirror and and seeing my, my wrinkles and the crow's feet and going, I've got them because I'm still alive. I'm still here. And, and to not be ashamed of them. Do you still need to be told that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm going to write that shit down. <laughs> This has been great. Where can people find your work? Um, most street corners. Um, <laughs> no, um, I'm on Instagram, Smashley Monroe, Facebook, Twitter, FetLife, Tinder, Grinder. Literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm everywhere. Most of the people, if you just put in Smash Monroe, I, I come up as one of the top Google searches, which is cool. That or Smash Potato. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a UK thing where it's powdered potato and you add water to it. And it's called Smash. Oh. So they're, they're the two things you may Google when you get my name. <laughs> but, you know, it's worth a Google. Wow. So, yes. I think people should because you're absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Um, we're now going to take a short break and then I'm going to ask you six more questions for the extra special Patreon mm. content. So if people want to listen to that, they need to sign up for Patreon. Yes, do it. Do it. Sign up. Sign up. Thank you so much, Smash. No, thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Please go and follow Smashlin everywhere. Like her look is incredible. It's so Instagrammable. So go on Instagram and give us some love and on Twitter and everywhere else and let her know that we love her and thank thank her for doing the podcast because I really appreciate it. And um if you want and I can so we did the extra questions after this recording ended and it was so we started talking about gender and sexuality we started talking about RuPaul's drag race it was oh, I almost felt bad that only a few of you will listen <laughs> and will get access to it because that's of course Patreon only if you go to patreon.com forward slash mopod m-o-h-p-o-d you get access to these extra little bits and pieces that I record after the main recording uh, that I then put out on Patreon the Saturday after um, you can download the Patreon app and then you can just play them as if it was a, a like a podcast app. I learned that 
recently. You don't have to download them and then transfer them or any of that. You can just listen straight on your Patreon app. And there's no limit to how little you... Well, I think there's like a dollar you can get. If you just give a dollar per episode, you will get access to these files. But of course, if you give more, if you give five dollars or more per episode, you become a friend of the podcast. And if you're a friend of the podcast, that means that I will call out your name at the end of the show as a huge thank you for being super awesome. But really, the main thanks is in knowing that you're making such a difference in my life and in other people's lives, because if it wasn't for you, this podcast would not be here. And I love doing it so much. And from what I hear, you also like it. So thank you for that. The people who are the friends of the podcast, the people who support with $5 or more per episode, uh, the beautiful, beautiful people. I will read the names in a bit. I'm also, of course, super grateful for the people who give one-off donations. All of that you can do through madeofhumanpodcast.com. But now I want to give a huge thank you to the people who, on the day of recording, support this podcast with $5 or more. A huge thank you to Andrea Papillon, Andy Walker, Ashley Salmon, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin, Kat Posse, Claire McCowlin, Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, Daniel Rafashid, uh, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor, Emma Appleton, Emma Chan, Feneladon, Privacy, Osiris, Aurora, Teratops, Fiona Richardson, George Pearson, Hannah Keel, Harold Van Dyke, Harry Enderly French, uh, Harry Minnett, Minot, Helena Thomas, Ida Sigurdsson, Inga Ellingsen, James Brand, Janie Mahoney, Josie, Kathy Drexelbauer, Katie Hatfield, Katrina Engelsen, KT, Kim Williams, Kirsten Davidson, Queen T, Maury Fraser, Mansour Mir, Marbles Lost, Megan Roberts, Marac Fraser, Olivia Robson, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Pierre Fenu, uh, Rachel Hemsley, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, that's the three uh, Rachels. Uh, Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Kappa, Rosie Evans, Russell Hughes, Sarah Ferreira Agassiz, Sarah Allette, and Sarah Plumer. Those are the three Sarahs. We still have a Rachel versus Sarah in this one, three of each. Saskia Papadakis, Sheena Machette Cole, Cecil Fjeldsund, and Susie Tyler. How very exciting. Don't forget to sign up. And then if your name is either uh, Rachel or Sarah, you can help one of the teams win. So. Thanks so much for listening to this. I will be back very, very soon with a new and exciting episode if this person arrives, which they're meant to do in a very short, very short time. I'm so excited. So, uh, thank you so much for supporting. Thank you to Smash Moreau for being a wonderful guest. Thank you to Dave Pickering for producing this episode, to Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle, and to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo. I will speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, pie.